So not too long ago, I held this workshop at WPPI where I gave my top 30 creative strategies to get photography clients as fast as possible without paid ads. And it killed it. It sold out. It was incredible. I've been sitting on it for a little while and I've decided to bring it back, to bring it back and to give it directly to you. You don't have to go anywhere. You don't have to pay anything either. I just want to help you grow your business each day for three days. I'm going to share with you 10 ultra unique creative ways to attract dream clients to your photography business without spending a bunch of money. I'm calling this thing the three day client blitz and it is pure gold for three days. I'm going to give you so many creative ideas to get clients in your business right now. Just go to sixfigurephotography.com forward slash blitz six S I X six figure your photography.com forward slash blitz b l i t z i can't wait to give you some incredible ideas you're listening to the six figure photography podcast with ben hartley where you get the positive energy you need to help you grow your business your relationships and your mindset if you need the show notes or want to check out the latest blog post visit sixfigurephotography.com Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Six Figure Photography Podcast. It is a brand new year. We're probably a couple weeks into the new year, actually, by the time this episode goes live. But happy 2019 to all of you listeners. I want to start this episode off uh, by saying thank you. Thank you to the loyal listeners of the SFP podcast. Um, honestly, the, the fact that you guys are giving any attention, it means so much to me. And I hope and pray for so many blessings on your business this year. Look, this is why I'm here. The purpose is to help you grow your business. That's why uh, I host this podcast. That's why you're listening to it. And we hope to do just that uh, today. You guys, we got a fun one today. This one's got me curious. I So Emily, Emily Ritter, uh, Ritter, writer, writer, writer. There okay. it is. <laughs> Yeah. Emily, thank you for your grace. Emily Ryder contacted me. She reached out and I was like, okay, this sounds good. This sounds interesting. Let's go with this. So I got with us today, Emily Ryder. Emily Ryder, she's been a wedding photographer for the last seven years at Anna Dolores Photography based out of Santa Barbara, which by the way, really confused me because her name's <laughs> Emily and that she's the photographer at Anna Dolores. This is a fun little story. So Anna was Emily's great grandma's uh, name on her mom's side. And then Dolores is her grandma's name on her dad's side. And so she created Anna Dolores Photography. Look, we're going to be talking about some really interesting stuff here because, um, well, at least I, I find it fascinating. We're talking about uh, like styling lay flat photography and, and the importance of it, right? Like the importance of it for the story, not just as like pretty pictures, but this is actually worth prioritizing it. And, and so when I heard this, I was like, I don't know, is it? And I guess we'll find out, right? I guess we'll find out yeah. why to do it. And so without further ado, Anna. Dolores Photography, <laughs> Emily Ryder. <laughs> and look, Emily, this has got to be so confusing. How, how often do you get called Anna Dolores? How often are you replying to emails with like, hi, it's actually not Anna, it's Emily. I mean, is this happening all the time? All the time. 
all the time. And I don't correct anybody, to be honest with you. If I get, especially if it's a prospective client, I'm not, I don't say, oh, actually, my name's Emily. I just go with it. And eventually they catch it. Yeah. <laughs> they will eventually be like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. I'm like, I, it, do not apologize for that. Again, I did it to myself. <laughs> I named my business something that is not my name. So I embrace it. I'm really, honestly, it doesn't bother me. <laughs> so no regrets or, or at this point in the game, are you kind of like, you know what, maybe I should have, uh, maybe I should have named it Emily Ryder. I've had a few times where I'm like, maybe I should have named it something, you know, that makes more sense. You know, a lot of photographers have like, you know, just their first and last name. I think a lot of uh, women, female photographers have like their first and middle name, which for me would have been Emily Ann photography, but that just sounded uh, and no offense to anyone whose business name is Emily Ann Photography, but uh, <laughs> it just sounded just I, stewing. And right, then there's about a hundred like, others who actually it. have that name. Yeah, well, exactly. So, <laughs> yeah. So I, so I just to me it sounded like it could potentially be too generic a name. Which again, it's my own name. I love it, of course. But um, for a business name, it just felt a little bit more unique. Um, unique a, a take. And when I explain it to people, they usually think it's pretty cool. So yeah, um, I dig it. So. I mean, it's, it's a beautiful name. I just had to do a double take, you know, oh, and for so sure. I, but I get it. Yeah. Look, I want to, I want to learn more about your journey into photography. Um, because I, I'm, I'm curious how it's actually maybe even led you to, to kind of this direction of, of really being like, you know, I guess I've, I, I get a chance obviously to interview a lot of photographers and, mm-hmm. and never have I encountered someone who the hill that they die on is, is lay flat styling, right? It's always <laughs> like documentary. I'm a documentary photographer, like documentary is the way to go. Or it's, it's, you know, you may hear is like candid moments are the way to go, or it's like pose without posing or it's, um, or maybe it is, you know, the photographer who really does value the technical side of things in regards to like off camera flash. Right. Mm-hmm. But never have I, have I had the opportunity to interview someone who, is, is, um, yeah, I guess, you know, really pushing this direction as, as kind of like the thing they're going to hang their hat on. And so I, I, I want to know more about how you got started. If you've always been in Santa Barbara, um, tell me more about your history in regards to becoming a wedding photographer. Absolutely. So, uh, when I first started shooting, of course, you know, I think a lot of photographers start just shooting for fun, shooting for themselves. And I started doing that because I was working an office job in Los Angeles that I hated. It was kind of soul sucking. And I was like, I need something else to make my life meaningful. So I started kind of pursuing a lifelong interest I'd already had in photography and just getting more serious about it. And when I started my business, um, I actually got fired from that office job for focusing too much on starting my new business, which turned out to be the best thing that ever happened to me. Um, I really pursued pretty much right off the bat the approach of making beautiful photos, not just of my clients, of course, but also of the elements of their wedding day, the decor, their personal details like shoes and jewelry and dresses and bow ties. And I think that I was exposed to that pretty early because a very good friend of mine is also a wedding planner. And we started our businesses around the same time. Her name is Vanessa Noel, Vanessa Noel Events. And we were already friends and she was actually planning her wedding at the time. And she was very focused on wedding blogs, in particular Style Me Pretty. She was always visiting Style Me Pretty for inspiration. And so my introduction to the wedding world was right off the bat, um, you know, this very stylized 
these very beautiful kind of posed photos. Um, and Vanessa put a lot of effort into her own details at her own wedding. So I think just by chance, right off the bat, I was like, oh, this is important. These details matter. She put a lot of time and energy into putting those decor details. Uh, she, you know, Her venue was very important to her. Um, <clears throat> the color scheme that she chose, et cetera, all of those little things came together to create what she and her now husband uh, really wanted for their celebration. And so I really paid attention to those things, honestly, just right off the bat and wanted to incorporate them in my own work. And again, initially, because it's just pretty, right? It's everything's very beautiful. Um, but I've learned over the years that it goes much further than just making a pretty photo. So yeah, and it makes about. sense for, for how you started. I mean, cause stop me pretty is, is synonymous with like, you know, just detail shots, right? Exactly. It's like, you just want details, man. And it sounds like, you know, working with a planner as, as one of your early, um, one of your early clients and someone who you were kind of, uh, running side by side with, mm-hmm. it makes a lot of sense too. I'm, I'm curious what your thoughts are on, you know, I, I've, I've wrestled with this, this over the last, you know, we've been at it for the last seven years as well. And so, you know, I've wrestled with this question of like, really, like, do, do we need to hang the dress, you know, on a hanger and, and do like this stylized dress shot? Do we need to, um, you know, d- do all the things, put, put chairs on shoes, um, that kind of stuff. Right. 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 Um, and I've, I've asked myself this question, you know, our, uh, our, are are couples wanting it because they're kind of being told they should want it? Like, do you know what I mean? Like you see it so mm-hmm. often on Stommy Pretty that you, and you, right. you kind of envision this editorial kind of look. Mm-hmm. And so I'd love to hear more of the thought process behind um, some, some further value of it in regards to the story and the narrative. Right. Absolutely. And I think there is a fine line there because I think a lot of brides, uh, in particular, I, you know, I like to refer to my clients as couples instead of just focusing on the bride, but uh, a lot of brides in particular, of course, are spending time on wedding blogs, looking for inspiration. And because of that, you're right. They are being told these details are important and they should care about them. Um, so I think that they can be led astray very easily, to be honest. Um, I've worked with clients before who the first thing out of their mouths is I want to get published on a wedding blog. And that's, you know, we're talking about their wedding and that's their first concern. And that, I don't love that. I'm not in it for that. I'm not shooting a wedding to get published. Of course, it's in the back of my mind while I am shooting a wedding, but it's not my end goal for any of my clients for them to get published. It's a nice side benefit um, for me as a business if they're into it and they're like, oh, I'm featured online. This is so cool or in a magazine. That's amazing. Um, But when they come to me with that as a priority, I'm a little concerned because for me with uh, more stylized wedding photos... I am looking at it from the perspective of giving those wedding day elements proper reverence as part of the wedding day. What do you mean by that? um, What I mean by that is that these selections that a bride and groom have made for their wedding day, shoes, dress, jewelry, um, you know, a lot of couples are doing vow booklets now, which to be fair, I think is great from a photography perspective because Couples are not writing their vows on like hotel stationery anymore. So I'm into that. I'd much rather photograph a beautiful, uh, you know, paper booklet than hotel stationery or like notebook paper. So I'm into that. Um, but these choices that they're making for the personal details 
are part of their wedding story now. And it's not just about the brand of the, sh- you know, I'm, I get excited for a pair of Jimmy Choo or Christian Louboutin heels as much as any photographer might. Um, but it's, they're, they're their wedding day shoes. And by virtue of the significance of the day, those inanimate objects begin to carry their own meaning. So humans get attached to things because they carry meaning. And I think it's our job as wedding photographers to treat shoes and jewelry and other items with reverence as part of the wedding day ritual. So even if they aren't a fancy brand, of course, I'm focusing on shoes now, they're part of that couple story now. And because of that, they deserve beautiful photos of it. So Go no, I was going to ask if you, if you continue to, to photograph, you know, like, okay, I think it's easy to, to almost close your eyes and envision, you know, the Louboutins mm-hmm. uh, with some stationery and some jewelry and that kind of stuff. But, but what about the couple who's, you know, they haven't got, you know, $500 pairs of shoes, sure. you know, $500 pair of shoes, right. Mm-hmm. Or, or more. <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> are you are you still valuing those things if it feels as though the couple doesn't value it? And when I say feels as though, I, I guess we could talk about this from a monetary standpoint, right? It's like, yeah, but whatever. I'll just wear my I wear my tennis shoes or my flip flops. It doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and um, I I still think that those items deserve um, deserve attention and deserve beautiful photography and for a variety of reasons. And I've showed up to weddings before where the bride looks at me and is like, you don't need to take pictures of my shoes. And I'm like, okay, that's fine. I'm super flexible with couples. I don't make my couples take uh, detail photos if that's not important to them. I work with a variety of clients um, and details are important to a lot of them because that's what I'm putting out into the world with my work. But if they're not super stoked on their shoes or any element, and sometimes grooms are like, why are you taking pictures of my shoes? I think, again, a lot of times the gentlemen understand it less than the ladies do, which is totally fine. It's just, you know, how it works out. Um, but, and if I arrive at a wedding day and the bride or groom's personal taste doesn't match my own branding aesthetic, that's a thing for me to consider as well. So I may not, I know I'm not going to blog or post that particular photo and that's okay. What I will sometimes do for a couple is um, a few different combination shots of the bride and groom's details so that I may have one or two photos that I want to post on my website or Instagram, but I'm not neglecting their personal style choices either um, for the sake of my own artistic ego, I guess, uh, which I think is important to remember because this day is not about us as photographers. And when we're excited about creating beautiful imagery, sometimes we can forget that. Um, we've been hired to help this couple remember this crazy, beautiful, important day in their lives together. And that's what matters the most. And so even if they are wearing their tennis shoes, which frankly, this has happened before, (laughs) um, you know, and usually it's reception shoes. They don't wear their tennis shoes all day. They'll switch into, uh, you know, tennis shoes or flats for dancing, uh, dancing time, but maybe they, um, you know, I've had brides invest in adorable sneakers before because they know they're going to be photographed. But even without that, even if they're wearing a pair of crappy tennis shoes, to me, that is still now they wore those shoes on their wedding day and they're going to end up in their closet or wherever, but there's still a significance now that those, again, inanimate objects are carrying just as part of the wedding day story. Like there's so many things that we find significant because we went through something with those items Um, and so we put emotional significance on those things. And even if a bride and groom may not think 
that they're going to care about that later, that's fine. But I would personally rather err on the side of caution and make sure they have photos of everything. Number one. Number two, um, you know, I've had clients who show up with $20 shoes and I still photograph them beautifully with flowers and ribbon and all of the, you know, bells and whistles of, of, uh, a styling kit that I have that I take with me to weddings. Um, because again, they're their wedding day shoes and they've selected them for whatever reason. And so I want, I want to give them that attention and respect as, as part of the wedding day ritual. As you're out there pushing kind of this, uh, this thought process and idea into the industry further, where do you see the industry currently? And I'm, I'm, you know, and obviously, you know, you're in Santa Barbara, I'm here in the Midwest. I'm curious, obviously I think that what I'm getting is there's a variation, right? Within locations, South, North, West, East, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm, I guess I'd love to hear your, your perspective on wh- where you see the industry moving towards. Is it moving towards m- currently more styling or less in your opinion? I love to, I'd love to kind of share my observation, um, from, from my end of the spectrum, but is your, is your, um, desire to talk more about this in response to people moving away from it or to kind of catch a train of people moving towards it and to help, uh, kind of elevate their game. Where do you see that heading? Sure. So I see it, um, kind of, I think similar to what I mentioned before in the sense that, you know, style me pretty and other wedding blogs are, you know, helping perpetuate this idea among brides and grooms that they need to have beautiful details and they need to have beautiful photos of them. And what I want to emphasize and the direction that I hope the industry will go in is that those details shouldn't be be pretty for their own sake. They should be photographed beautifully because there's actual meaning behind the decisions that a bride and groom are making. I, for example, I'm talking to a couple right now and they are incorporating limes in their wedding day. And I was like, limes, what, why? (laughs) And uh, they explained to me that early in the relationship before they said, I love you, they were texting each other back and forth. I like you. I like you. And they were like, we're really gross. We said it a lot. It was obnoxious. And there was one time the groom to be texted the bride to be, I lime you. Like he, it was a typo. Um, But then that become became an inside joke for them. And they say it to each other all the time now as a joke. And if you don't know that backstory, limes are super weird. And, you know, why are you incorporating all these citrus fruits in your wedding? Which some people will do as a design decision that doesn't have any personal significance, which is fine. Um, but I love that type of personalization to those details. And those are the types of details that I'm talking about immortalizing because they have significance for that couple. Um, and, uh, you know, and, and couples too, I did a, a wedding planner's wedding last year or two years ago now, because we're in the new year. Um, and they had a lot of wine tasting elements because that was a lot of what they did when they were first dating and, and continue to do now as a couple is a lot of wine tasting. So they had a wine tasting bar for their guests and like a cheese pairing menu. And all of these things kind of come into their story, not just for their elements as, um, you know, something fun to do at a wedding or something that's beautiful to photograph or, or something your guests will remember, but also important to them on a personal level. And those are the types of things that I want to see being emphasized more in the industry. Um, I think the concept of flat lay photos is very popular among wedding photographers right now, um, in part because fine art and film photography is very trendy at the moment. And there's nothing wrong with that. I 
sort of, you know, very cliche describe myself as fine art. I do shoot film. Um, and I think that has a timeless quality. It's very attractive to couples. Um, but anything else, like anything else that becomes popular or trendy, it's very easy to feel annoyed or roll our eyes when we see another perfectly styled photo of shoes, jewelry, vow books, wedding invitations on a linen board with silk ribbon and a velvet ring box. It's all very predictable now. And so I personally am always looking for ways to change it up so it doesn't feel like everyone else's wedding photo. Um, But really what I think is the most important thing for photographers to remember, whether or not they're already incorporating flat lay images in client work, is that, again, these elements are more important to the wedding story than just creating a beautiful photo. Um, It does help with publication. It makes our Instagram feeds look pretty. But what really matters in the long run and what matters more to your clients is that these personal details are now part of the wedding day story. Like, you know, I'm a broken record now. But giving them that reverence as part of a decision, a style decision they made, a design decision they made, um, with some meaning and some significance behind it. Um, so again, if, if couples are just incorporating certain pretty quote unquote, pretty elements of their wedding, because they think that's what they're supposed to do, or because style me pretty told them to, um, that to me feels very hollow and hopefully not the direction that we continue to go in. Because I think that there's a lot of that going on right now. I agree that, um, that uh, it can be a little frustrating to see the same photo over and over again from these fine art photographers um, who are very focused on details. But again, if there's some significance behind those choices, that is the key for me. And that is why it's important to commemorate these things for your clients because they have meaning to them. They're not making arbitrary decisions. So that's kind of where I see and again, hope the industry will go. And that's where I'm pushing my clients as well as if they are looking for something like that. I like to tell the story behind what the item represents. Are there ways that you're coaching your clients, kind of having conversations with them to uh, encourage items of importance, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I sometimes will. Uh, like I said, I get a variety of clients from a variety of perspectives in terms of how much they value details. I do get plenty of clients. A lot of my clients are much more focused on portraits, making sure we get family photos, making sure we get candids. And, you know, you and I talked briefly about that before we uh, came on, but I do not think that styling and beautiful detail photos replace those elements at all. I just think that as wedding photographers, we need to give ourselves permission to be good at a variety of things. And, um, and so I, uh, I don't necessarily push details a whole lot with my clients if I don't feel like they're interested in them. And those are the times when I, again, I have a styling kit that I bring, which we can talk about if you'd like to. Um, but I have hangers, um, like nice wooden hangers, white hangers. I um, buy like antique hangers, which, you know, uh, I, I get very excited about this stuff and I overpurchase. I'm a compulsive shopper by nature, not just professionally, but in my personal life. So I tend to have a lot of uh, inventory of these types of items. Um, but I have them in my car. And so if I show up to a wedding and a bride has a plastic hanger for her wedding dress, 
I will go to my car and switch it out. I will bring in my gold hanger, wood hanger, whatever. I have different styles depending on the style of the wedding and the personality of the bride. Um, and I'm like, this is your wedding dress. You paid how many thousands of dollars for this dress? Let's put it on a beautiful hanger. And, um, and that really elevates that image. It breaks my heart to see you know, dress photo, dresses on plastic hangers, which again, I can understand for some people, it's like, who cares? It's just a dress photo. And sometimes I get a little frustrated with the dress photo situation. Sometimes there's just not a good place to hang it. You know, we hang dresses from trees, which I think is kind of strange because why are we taking this dress outside and putting it in a tree? It doesn't make any sense. <laughs> But like, really, so I would rather take a photo of a dress hanging in the bride's getting ready room or maybe somewhere in the hotel, but something that makes sense in the context of getting dressed for your wedding day. Um, but going back to your original question is if, you know, I, I try to communicate with my clients through my previous work that I've produced. I, you know, I blog a lot. I blog all of, you know, my favorite weddings and make sure that I'm including a lot of images. And my clients are looking at those blog posts and I'm sending them ideas for things. So I'm not explicitly saying make sure you buy, you know, a ring box or certain things. I'm just trying to convey that with the images that I'm putting out into the world. And again, if they end up not thinking about those elements or not bringing their own things to the day, I have velvet ring boxes in a bunch of different colors that I will bring so that I can put those with their details again, to help elevate their photos to the level of um, respect and reference that I think they deserve as part of the wedding day. Um, I hope that answers your question. <laughs> yeah, seriously, sure. So then how has this impacted your brand? Um, and and even as I say your brand, like the clients that you attract, because like I don't have a single detail photograph on, on my entire portfolio, right? Mm -hmm. uh, there's, and then we could talk about thought process behind that. Sure. But I, you know, I, there's a lot in your work. There's a lot in your website um, and it makes sense for your brand. But mm -hmm. how has it affected that? And how has it affected the clients that you attract? And is it a little bit of you know, what came first, the chicken or the egg? Right. Um, and I, I kind of agree with you, like the whole chicken egg argument, because there are a lot of elements of my work that I've sort of just happened upon organically. And then I look back and I'm like, oh, that's what that, that's why that happened. Um, and with detail photos, um, I just gravitated in the beginning towards those pretty images. And in the beginning, I was very much just creating pretty photos for my website, for my portfolio, so that I could get published and, and you know, create beautiful submissions for wedding blogs and magazines and so on. Um, but what that ended up doing was attracting clients who value those details as well. And it, again, it kind of happened in hindsight. So I'm, you know, I'm just as guilty as, as many other photographers and just creating a beautiful image just for the sake of a beautiful image. Um, but now I realize it's, it's about, you know, commemorating these important elements for the bride and groom. And, um, and I've definitely attracted clients who will put a little bit more time, energy, money into the decor details of their wedding into the stylistic details of their wedding, which frankly, I have a lot of fun shooting. I really enjoy shooting, um, you know, beautiful details and decor elements. 
I will do, you know, when I'm not shooting weddings, I will sometimes do branding shoots for, um, for non-wedding clients. I like to do a lot of, um, invitation styling for, uh, for invitation designers. I have an Etsy shop where they can purchase that and I will design, um, flat lays for their stationery. So they have product photos they can show. So that is personally fulfilling for me. And that's, you know, so when I can show up at a wedding and there's lots of fun things to photograph, I really like that. And I've, I've definitely attracted clients that also prioritize, you know, those beautiful settings. But again, I also get clients who don't have, don't necessarily have a ton of money or even a ton of interest in details that don't make sense for them personally. Um, and they want to go simple or classic with their decor. Um, they, you know, they want, they've chosen a beautiful venue and they want that to be the focus of their wedding day. They want their friends and family to be the focus of their wedding day. And so I'm still in it to create beautiful images for them. And, um, and it's important to me to be good at, at both, to be good at, portraits of the bride and groom to do well with family photos. It can be the most stressful time of the day for me, but I know how important it is to capture those moments for people. These, you know, these groups of friends and family will not be in the same room perhaps ever again. So making sure that clients get a well-rounded collection. I, you know, it's, I'm not, I'm not including these styling elements at the detriment of portraiture. So, um, so I try to communicate to clients and I do think I attract this client as a result that they can have both. They can have beautiful portraiture and they can have beautiful photos of their, of their details, their ceremony, reception, invitations, et cetera. That's awesome. Uh, I'm going to ask, I'm going to ask another angle here. It's an interesting question and I want you to think on this and we're going to, we're going to head over and thank a couple supporters of the podcast, but I'm going to lay the question out first. Okay. We'll get to the supporters and then, and then we'll hear your thoughts. So here's, here's a question. This is where I currently stand on this kind of conversation. This is, I guess maybe where I asked this about, you know, where you see the industry moving and I don't know if it's just maybe where I'm located or maybe just, you know what? I think a lot of this is what I'm dialed into. You know what I mean? I think a lot of this has to do with brand and with preference. Um, but I see photographers, um, you know, so you know, Jerry Gajonis and, and, mm -hmm. uh, Jordan Peterson and Lanny and Erica Mann, two man studio, yep. um, talk about details in a different perspective, like details with humanity. So rather than photographing rings, uh, you know, balanced on a mirror with some bokeh balls in the background, why not rings and hands on hands, like where there's a human touch to it. Right. Yeah. And I'm, and I'm curious what your thoughts are on that. Even this year, we've really moved away from, I, I just think dresses look better on people, right? Than, right. than they do <laughs> right? hanging on a, on a, on a door or whatever it may be, or laying on a bed or, or draped somewhere. And so I'd love to hear your thoughts on, on, you know, um, capturing details and preserving these images as story, um, as, as relics, but in a way that um, has more humanity in it. And, uh, and so I'll, I'll let you stew on that. And in the meantime, we're going <laughs> to take a quick pause and hop over to our supporters. 
All right, podcast listeners, we're going to take a quick pause here in order to give a thank you to the supporters of the SFP podcast, because if you're listening, it likely means that you have a small business or you know someone who does. And if this is you, you are wearing far too many hats. And some of these hats are amazing, right? Like being a photographer, but some like filing taxes, running payroll, not so great. This is where Gusto comes in. This is the solution, you guys. Gusto, G-U-S-T-O, Gusto. Gusto makes payroll, taxes, HR actually easy for small businesses. I used to be on like an old school payroll processor from like 1982, and it was terrible. Gusto now has fast, simple payroll processing. Uh, This is the really cool thing. They automatically pay and file your federal, state, and local taxes so you don't have to worry about it. Um, They make like like W-2s, sending out 1099s, uh, incredibly easy to run. You guys, those old school clunky payroll providers, the one that I was on that I just left, uh, they just weren't built for the way that the small modern business uh, is meant to work, but Gusto is. You guys, no joke. I got really excited because I switched to Gusto before they contacted me uh, to come on as an advertiser. I'm like, this just makes sense. I actually use this thing. Um, the really cool thing, too, is everything is online, like the ability to sign, store, and organize all the employee documents. It's all online. It's all in one place. You guys, let Gusto wear one of your many hats. Uh, It gets better because for you podcast listeners, you get the first three months free when you run your first payroll. Try this demo out for yourself at gusto.com forward slash photo. That's gusto.com, G-U-S-T-O forward slash photo. Look, we're going to stay on theme here and keep talking about giving you guys solutions for all the things that are terrible to do. Um, So you guys remember when you started your small business, right? Like it was no small fee. Uh, You're spending uh, late nights, early mornings, the occasional all-nighter. Bottom line, uh, ever since then, you've been insanely busy, right? And so one of the biggest challenges uh, is invoicing and it's accounting, Right. Let's make things a little bit easier in 2019. Our friends at FreshBooks have a solution. FreshBooks, this is invoicing and accounting software designed specifically for you as small business owners. It's simple, it's intuitive, and it keeps you way more organized than the dusty shoebox filled with crumpled receipts. You can create and send professional-looking invoices in 30 seconds. And then the best part is uh, get them paid two times faster with automated online payments. Uh, I love that part. File expenses even quicker. Uh, Keep them perfectly organized for tax time. And the best part is this. As your business continues to grow, which it will in 2019, let's be honest, you're going to always have the tools that you need when you need them without ever having to like figure out or learn all this accounting shenanigans, right? So you guys... 24 million people are using FreshBooks. Try it out for 30 days free. There's no credit card required. There's no catch. Uh, Go to freshbooks.com forward slash photography, freshbooks.com forward slash photography, and then enter six-figure photography in the section where it asks, how did you hear about FreshBooks, right? Make sure you get that part down. When it asks, how did you hear about FreshBooks, enter six-figure photography, you're going to get your first 30 days free. I'm excited for you guys to check out FreshBooks. All right, let's get back to the show. 
<laughs> right, we're back. Look, I just laid it out there. I name dropped a few uh, a few photographers that I had really admired, and even even kind of brought up some of the the approach that that we have at Style and Story. Well, um, it's funny actually, our studio style and story, uh, because I feel like that is my that's like my thought process. It's like how do I do something with excellence but still incorporate humanity to the imagery? Right. I think humanity is one of the most uh, inspiring components, you know, that that people respond to is is seeing something that they can see themselves and they could relate to um, is that kind of that human touch. So, do you find yourself? I mean, I know that you know you you do lay flat imagery and even micro styling where you bring your own kit in, but do you ever find yourself stepping back and asking, man, would this just look better like with more of a human touch to it? Absolutely. Uh, I actually try to challenge myself pretty regularly because it is, you know, uh, with my styling kit and pretty, I love photographing stationary. So having those elements, it can be easy for me to get a little bit lost in that and focused on the still life portion of the wedding day. But I definitely agree that the images that I feel most drawn to when I'm going back through a collection or when I'm looking at other people's work, you mentioned Erica and Lanny Mann. I am obsessed with them. They do such beautiful work. Um, The best images are the ones where there are people interacting with the items that we're talking about. So I've done photos of the bride holding her shoes or taking her dress off the hanger. Those are actually the ones that really resonate with me. Um, I like to take pictures of, of maybe a guest holding the dinner menu or a guest holding one of the signature cocktails. If, if, you know, that, if that wedding has a signature cocktail, if they don't have a signature cocktail, holding a beer, holding a glass of wine, whatever it may be. (laughs) Um, but have, I, I completely agree having that human element in there. And, um, and again, I don't think it has to be one or the other either. I like to do again, these flat lay shots, um, and photos of rings by themselves, but rings on hands. Absolutely. And I love to take photos detail photos of the dress while the bride is wearing it. So an up close shot of her sleeve and then the bride can actually interact with her, with her wardrobe, right? She can kind of move around with her veil and create these beautiful portraits that also incorporate the quote unquote detail shots um, that we're looking for. So still, uh, you know, again, looking at those uh, decisions that they're making as far as what they're going to wear, how they're going to do their makeup, um, and what napkins they're going to select, what cocktails they're choosing, um, you know, to f- give to their guests, et cetera. Um, but with that human element incorporated, I, I honestly absolutely agree with you. And I think that would be, um, a great thing to see more of instead of just flat images and then portraits, let's put those things together a little bit more often. I agree. Awesome. Well, yeah. look, let's go the other way. Let's let's talk about your micro styling approach because you Perfect. you kind of you mentioned your kit, and I love to open up this kit. I love to hear what's inside <laughs> it. You actually take with you. This all sounds terrible to me, by the way. Um, <laughs> only, <laughs> only because like, hear me out. Like no, one sure. more I, thing I know you take to a wedding. It. I'm like, God, this is why I shoot mirrorless. This is <laughs> like. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, is just to make my uh, make the the bag that I have to bring and the equipment just to keep myself nimble and, and reduced. But I'd love to hear what like what what does this look like? What are you taking with you? Can because I know this is getting some people excited, like, and they'd love to hear some of your tricks and right. tips of of how you're actually executing some of the work. And then, by the way, it's absolutely stunning. Like photographers, you should go check out her work um, because it's absolutely gorgeous. 
to to see. Um, and so I'd love to hear what what are some of the things that you're bringing? Where are you finding this stuff? What's uh, really worked for you? Yeah, absolutely. So um, I do have a styling kit. I like to refer to it as my giant caboodle kit, like those plastic makeup cases from the 80s. It's just like a really, yeah, it's exactly. It's just a really big like craft box with different compartments and everything. So um, like I said, I tend to be a compulsive shopper and I buy lots of things. My boyfriend now knows what, um, a certain brand of ribbon looks like when it's being delivered. And he glares at me because he's like, you don't need any more ribbon. What are you doing? Um, so I get, I get pretty excited about that kind of stuff, but so I have a, a lot of different colors and textures of ribbon. Um, I have some different, uh, uh, so many different ring boxes, um, some of the kind of classic velvet ring box that we see a lot of, but I really, really love a good vintage ring box personally, because I think it has a little bit more character. I'm looking for, again, something that's a little bit less predictable so that my client's images aren't all looking the same. I like to mix it up and I'll bring different items to different weddings. And again, depending on the style of their wedding, the decor of their wedding, I'm going to kind of incorporate some other things. And what I really like to do also is see if I can pull things from the venue um, or from their, again, their specific details. So like I like to ask the florist if she has any extra blooms I can borrow that I can incorporate. So then I'm being consistent with the decor of the reception uh, ceremony, the bride's bouquet, et cetera. Um, I did a wedding in Spain a few years ago and it was held at this uh, old estate from like the 15th century. And they had uh, old letters from like a couple, like a century ago, just in drawers at this venue. And I just took some out and he did a ring shot on top of these old documents from this um, estate outside of Barcelona. And it's like, and that got me really excited because it's then part of the venue and it's part of, you know, the couple selected that venue very specifically. And, and, um, and so I love, you know, being able to pull little details from, from the space I'm working in as well. So I kind of call the venue my quote unquote styling kit in that way that, you know, I don't want to just show up and have my own stuff and just make it generically pretty again. Um, I, you know, I want it to be special to the couple. So I like to match yeah. colors and that sort of thing, but I want, I want it to be meaningful too. So. It's awesome. Yeah. We should create a website, generically pretty.com. <laughs> <laughs> And style me pretty well forward to it. Uh-huh. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Sorry, oh, my first one. <laughs> I get, I get. Look, okay, so, <laughs> so so then when do you actually do this? Like I'm also hearing on like, man, when do you do this stuff? So like is it are you getting there early? Are you are you carving out time with your couple to actually give give yourself that space? How are you actually pulling this off? Or, or are you just, um, again, just becoming the master of your craft where you're able to do it uh, more efficiently, right? Because you just know what you're looking for, light you're looking for, et cetera. So it's honestly a combination of all of those things. I like to show up early. Um, I have found that showing up early on my own time I don't charge my clients for an extra hour or anything like that, but showing up early makes me feel more comfortable. Mm-hmm. Even if I show up and I know they don't have a ton of details to photograph, I know that I can be there, get settled in, get in the zone, et cetera. Um, and then if I have, you know, these things to photograph, shoes, invitations, et cetera, I want to do them early in the day, get that done. 
if I can't, and there are definitely times where we're running late for whatever reason, not, not usually my fault, but you know, something is going on with the timeline or you know how weddings are, they're crazy and unpredictable. Yeah. So, um, so there are definitely times where I have felt too much pressure to kind of, and I can't get out of my own head with it. So things like stationary, I will take home. I will take home floral arrangements. Yeah. So I'll actually do it the next day out of my own house. Um, which is part of the beauty of having my own styling kit because I have all those elements with me that I can style and do it my do it my own time. And I also realize that a lot of photographers don't want to do this. They're like, that that's my own time. I don't want to take extra time to do that. But I have again cultivated a clientele that wants those types of photos and I want to do them. I I find joy in creating these images for clients and being able to incorporate them in the wedding day story. So of course I'll try to do it on the wedding day. Um, but if there's not time, you know, if the couple doesn't do a first look, so we're rushing around for portraits, there are pockets of the day where sometimes I can be like, Ooh, we've got 20 minutes. I can totally do some invitation shots with their rings right now. I will absolutely do that. But if I can feel myself feeling stressed or there's a time crunch, I'll be like, you know what? I'm going to, I know this florist. I'm going to take one of the centerpieces home. I'll bring it back to her later. Um, and that way I can do it. I'll do it like the next day or even the day after, because a lot of times the day after a wedding, I'm dead to the world and I don't want to do anything. (laughs) (laughs) Um, too tired to even think about stationary, but, um, but I'll do it in, in my own time. And I've created some of my favorite images of stationary in that way. I, I did a wedding once where um, they had a like a circus carnival theme, which sounds super cheesy, but they actually did it really, really well. Um, and and I um, bought popcorn on my way there, and I had like ticket, like random vintage ticket stubs, and I was able to do some flat lay stuff for them at the venue um, that incorporated those elements and just made it look super cute with their carnival themed wedding invitations. Um, but then I was like, oh, I, I just, I want more out of this. I want to spend a little bit more time really exploring this theme and, and seeing what else I can incorporate to make it special for them. So, you know, so I, the next day when I was home, I was like, okay, I've got stamps with, you know, Barnum and Bailey on it that they had sent me that they were part of their wedding invitation. So I could kind of play with styling those a little bit more. So Again, that's a personal decision for me. I don't expect every photographer to want to do that. So that is a challenge um, to kind of fit it into the wedding day schedule. But if it's something that's important to you and important to your clients, it's not, you know, it's it's not a terrible thing to do. I I really like to do it. I get a lot of joy out of it personally to to bring it home and do it the day after the wedding um, and take my time with it and make sure it's something that I'm really proud of. Yeah. yeah. Are there, so we talked about your kit a little bit. Uh, is there, mm-hmm. um, is there any particular like gear that you're using? Are you, are you shooting consistently on a certain lens lighting equipment? Are you, are you looking for a particular type of light as you shoot? Uh, is there an approach that you have? Um, you mean just like overall, Oh, with like detail shots specifically. Like um, yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, is it, is it, is there a specific lens choice that just tends to work best for these type of things? I, I honestly could probably shoot an entire wedding day on my 50 millimeter lens. Um, I'm a Canon shooter and I shoot with Sigma lenses because I like how sharp they are. Um, And I just love the 50 because the perspective is so consistent with real life. It, you know, the distortion is minimal. Um, So I get very picky about how straight 
my invitations are laying. So I like to be able to take a photo that doesn't have any distortion to it. So I don't have to fuss with it afterwards. If it's a little bit crooked, I can't stand it. Um, <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, so I can shoot again, almost an entire day on that lens, but specifically, I definitely want that lens, um, for my detail shots. Nice. Um, and then I do shoot some medium format film as well. Um, to be honest with invitations, I struggle with that because, I, like I said, I use Sigma lenses because they're sharp. And so I have this love hate relationship sometimes with film because it is so soft and it's so beautiful. The tones are amazing, but I can't quite get invitation text in focus. And any of you film shooters out there, if you've mastered this and you want to tell me how you do it, I am all ears because I would love to, but, um, but I, you know, I will shoot some of the details on film, but, um, but I, like to be able to do digital because again, I'm kind of a perfectionist weirdo about it. And so if I look and I see something crooked, I want to be able to retake it and have it not cost me, you know, $3 an image to, to redo. <laughs> sure, sure, yeah. sure. So, so this type of like micro posing direction, uh, control, is this the stuff that you see yourself doing then uh, outside of just details? Like, are, are you doing more micro posing with couples um, and, and that type of stuff? Um, where do you see that role filling in? Absolutely. So I, um, I like to, um, tell my couples that I don't like to, I feel like posing is almost a dirty word now. Like couples don't want to hear that they're going to be posed. They want to be, you know, documented naturally. They want it to be candid. They want it to be authentic. So to keep consistent with that, I want to, I want them to feel like they can be themselves. Um, and I want to pay attention to their elements like, is the dress falling correctly? Is the bride's hair looking okay? Where are their hands right now? Do their hands look okay? Um, so paying attention to those types of things. I see a lot of photographers, um, you know, they'll move their clients around, but they don't readjust, for example, the groom's jacket. And so a lot of times the jacket kind of bunches up. And I've had clients come back later and they're like, um, you know, again, earlier in my career, they'd be like, what, can we fix that in post? I'm like, I don't want to Photoshop anyone's jacket. <laughs> That's crazy. Um, and a lot of clients don't care, but again, for me, I'm like, these are really killer, uh, important moments that can't be redone. So I'm paying attention to things like wardrobe, possible malfunctions. And does everything look proper, you know, is the butt, is the jacket buttoned properly? Is the dress falling properly? You know, we're always fussing with her train to make sure it looks right. Again, the bride has chosen her dress because it's a beautiful dress. She feels beautiful in it. I want to showcase that dress as much as possible. Um, as again, the dress that she's chosen to get married in. So, um, so I'm definitely paying attention to, um, wardrobe elements. And again, things like, can we, you know, can we see your face? I mean, I think that's kind of maybe basic. Um, most photographers are familiar with, like, I want to be able to see your face and you're, we don't want your hands to look awkward. Um, but I'm, you know, I'm, I'm really trying to pay attention to things like flyaway hair, smudged lipstick, crooked ties. Um, all of those types of small adjustments can really bring a photograph to the next level and make your clients really happy with how they look as well. I tell them, I'm like, I want you to look like yourselves but also the best version of yourself because again, you've spent a lot of time and money on all these decisions for this very important day and you want to look your best. So that's kind of the role that I see myself filling. Yeah. 
Absolutely. Yeah. I think, you know, this, a lot of what we're talking about too, just, it just reminds me again, of just going back to brand and, and the chicken and the egg, you know, it's like your, your brand and this approach and mentality and thought process attracting a certain type of client and, 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 and it's really working well. And it sounds like if that's the direction, you know, that you desire to go to really dial in and become uh, acutely aware of this type of stuff, where can people learn more uh, from you about all this, about your work, find you online, um, all that kind of stuff, Emily? Yeah, definitely. I mean, my website is anandolores.com. Um, and, uh, I also have started hosting a workshop, um, in the Santa Barbara, San Luis Obispo, like central California coast area. We had it in Santa Barbara last year. We're doing it in San Luis Obispo this year. And, um, and it's called the wedding styling workshop. It's pretty straightforward. Um, but we go into a lot of detail on the things I'm talking about, not just with flat lays and posing, but also micro styling, um, which just means that, you know, a lot of photographers will walk into a ceremony or reception room and shoot it as it looks. And, um, what I'm teaching them is that you don't have to photograph it the way it looks when it walks in, when you walk in. Um, you know, there are things like, uh, salt and pepper shakers, plastic water pitchers, um, butter dishes, things that are, you know, maybe the caterers tools or necessary for the dining experience, but aren't part of the aesthetic decisions that the client made. Um, so I'm moving those things around. And again, you know, I, I keep talking about the client, but there is absolutely an element here of, uh, vendor relationships. Um, and I have built my business the last few years on working very closely with wedding planners in particular, but with other vendors as well, florists, uh, invitation designers, caterers. And I've gotten referrals from all of them for, uh, for clients because they know that when I photograph a wedding they're working on, they're going to get beautiful images of their work. So to me, of course, this is secondary to the client being happy with their photos. That's always my primary goal. But if I can also develop a strong relationship with a wedding planner, who's then going to refer me to probably every single one of his or her clients in the future, because they know they're going to get beautiful images of their own work from me, then I'm in it for that as well. So micro styling comes into play a lot with that kind of a thing. So I go into all of this stuff. Um, I give examples and, um, and we do a lot of hands-on practice at the workshop as well. And last year it was a one day workshop. And this year we're making it a three day because that was our biggest feedback that we got from, uh, from participants was that they just wanted more time with everything. So we really got excited about that. We being, um, Vanessa Noel events, who I mentioned at the top of the podcast, um, a very good wedding planner friend of mine. And so she and I team up and host this workshop together. She brings it from the vendor perspective. I'm bringing it from the photographer and client relations perspective. Um, and, uh, and we're just spending three days talking about how this can help build your brand, get your ideal client, um, and make your clients, existing clients, very, very happy with the work that you're doing. And again, hopefully building some vendor relationships to, to uh, build out that part of your business. It's free advertising. And again, I've built um, a lot of my business on that. So I don't have to pay for a lot of advertising anymore, which is great. And I'm also working with planners who I know and trust. And I know that they're going to do a good job with the timeline and with keeping everything on schedule and delivering expectations to my clients properly. So 
Um, it's a really, really great partnership. And then I can give them photos that they're going to love, post on their website, post on social media and share with their future clients. So that's awesome. Yeah. I think that's huge is the vendor relationship portion of it. We didn't really get into, but I think it's a, Mm -hmm. uh, it's absolutely something to, to value and consider, um, what that, what that can do, you know, really it is. Um, man, Emily, this has been awesome. Thank you so much for, uh, for your thoughts on this. Um, I'd love looking at your work. It's, it's a fun thing. It's like, I, um, I enjoy looking at the stuff. I don't enjoy making it. <laughs> so I, <laughs> right. I don't know what and that means. Know, um, yeah. And, and that's fine. Like that's, you know, I was saying before, like, I don't, I have a lot of friends who, who incorporating the styling element in their work is not a priority. And I don't think it has to be for everyone. I just want photographers to know that they don't have to sacrifice that element if they don't want to. They Again, you can be good at portraits and at details. You don't have Amen. to pick one or the other. So yeah, it's awesome. If you don't oh, want to. <laughs> Emily, thank you so much for being here today uh, with us. I really appreciate your time. Thank you for having me, Ben. This has been awesome. I really appreciate it. <laughs> you guys, make sure you go check out Emily's work. Dial in on that uh, workshop that she's got um, uh, putting together. Uh, if this is something that got you excited, in the meantime, uh, if you haven't had an opportunity, uh, head on over to Instagram and do me a favor: DM me at J Ben Hartley and let me know. Who would you like to hear on the SFP podcast uh, in 2019? Just shoot me a DM at jbenhartley on, on Instagram. Who would you like to hear on the podcast next? Otherwise, we will see you slash I will talk to you on the next episode of Six Figure Photography. Thanks, everyone. Bye.